Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Hello everybody, welcome back to the WTF1 podcast. We are here for the Russian Grand Prix edition. My name is Matthew Gallagher and joining me in this virtual world of podcasting as we still are going through tough times and I hope everybody out there is staying safe and well. It is probably the worst liar I've ever met after our Among Us game streams. If you haven't seen that game, go check it out, guys. It's brilliant. Uh, Tommy, you are you are a dreadful liar and uh, I'll know now, anytime during the podcast, if you're not saying anything that you actually truly believe. Exactly. I can't... I'm just, I literally... I'm just useless at lying, so... I thought you were going to say useless at life. I was like, oh, come on, Tommy. Oh, wow, that's I've, a bit savage. Yeah. That'd be a bit of a cell phone. No, <laughs> I, no I, I'm just, yeah, rubbish at lying. So at least people will know on this podcast that I am not, uh, well, I may be chatting absolute rubbish, but at least I believe it. <laughs> that's the most important thing. If Tommy starts speaking louder and interrupts me, that's when he doesn't actually believe anything. Anyway, three-word race reviews. Xavier underscore Maynard underscore says Mercedes Netflix curse, Batgirl project, Twitch race battle. Sex Navarro, I'll drive faster. And Vatsal.Vora, please remove Russia. Uh, now, when we go through those, uh, I, don't, I don't think it was a huge Netflix curse. It was still a little bit, um, for sure. Uh, Twitch Race Battle, we saw that. That was amazing. I'll drive faster. That's to do with Danny Rick and uh, the good mentality that he showed. And please remove Russia, which, I don't know, I, I, I didn't mind it. It was a good, uh, it, well, it wasn't a good race. Decent race, I'd say. Wait, good is probably better than decent, though. Uh, wait, it's probably less on the good scale, than decent. Less good. Um, good, and then decent's higher, I think. So uh, yeah, you've messed it's up. It's hard there. to say now. It's hard to say, isn't it? Because decent, adequate, has just changed. Adequate. I liked the drama of the race. It's a shame there wasn't any action up front, but there's a lot of talking points, which is always good for a podcast. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and my three-word race review is Mercedes not bulletproof. Uh, now, obviously, that is regarding the, the, the mistakes they made with, with Hamilton at the start, telling him that he can do practice starts all the way down at the exit of the pit lane, which was not right. He was not in the designated area where everybody else was doing it, and he did it twice. So he got two five-second penalties. Uh, the penalty points were later removed because it was the team that told Hamilton to do it rather than a driver error, I suppose, because it's going on his super licence. Uh, some people were questioning uh, whether that was legit or not. But uh, a few questions... Uh, have come in on this matter. Sharath underscore R underscore Nake. Why is it that when Mercedes does indeed have an off day, it's so massive? Well, I I have to disagree slightly on this one. I, I don't think that it was exactly a massive off day, or at least the off day, it doesn't seem as big because they finish one and three. Like If that's an off day for Mercedes, and I mentioned it in IBR, I don't think they really, in the long run, will care that much. It's... Yeah, it is funny that 1-3 is a Mercedes off day and there was a lot of memes about the Netflix curse and all that. I mean, to be fair, they had they did sort of have issues all weekend, Hamilton in qualifying, only just scraping through, messing up uh, the, the, the grid thing, obviously. The strategy wasn't great either, but it does just show that, unfortunately, with Ferrari not where they are and Verstappen trying his best but maybe doesn't have the car quite to challenge Mercedes there's no one there to pick up the pieces whereas if it was a lot closer you know they'd have been finishing sixth and seventh in that race not first and third but it just shows what a level they're on this year 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, if a midfield team had that exact same penalty and mess up as Mercedes, then they'd probably go from the top of the midfield, say a racing point or whatever, uh, to, to the middle or the back of the midfield. You know, much bigger penalty uh, because of the, the small performance gap in that midfield. Um, so, yeah, I don't think they're going to be particularly worried about it. Obviously, they'll review it. They won't do that again, that's for sure. And uh, maybe maybe one day in the future, Mercedes will actually get punished a bit more uh, for it, making these mistakes. It is a shame, well, for depending on how you see it, that Hamilton was probably there. Obviously, Netflix chose that race because it was going to be the race. They were so confident. I think everyone was very confident that was going to be the race that... Hamilton, Matt Schumacher, that was all the talk going up to the race. Especially after qualifying happened. as well, yeah. So I wonder if, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see how the ep- episode pans out of just, oh, Hamilton didn't win, Bottas won, the end. <laughs> uh, I, I don't think they'd actually probably show a huge amount of that, um, just purely because I guess that was the only reason it was there and it was, it was Russia, it's not exactly, unless they had some interesting I wonder if join them again for another one, just keep joining them until they do <laughs> Until he really does the record, so Hamilton, every single race from now. Hamilton never wins a race again because Netflix are always there. Well, I'm down for that. So Schumer's record stays <laughs> intact. <laughs> uh, Daniel Skew's F1. Should Mercedes have kept Lewis out a little bit longer? Well, that's what Lewis asked for, didn't he? Over the team radio, he said, don't pit me early. And he came in a few laps later, still was questioning the call. Then he was questioning whether he should have served the penalty then rather than uh, serving at the end of the race. And obviously Mercedes looked in the rule book to see that they had to serve their penalty uh, under a pit stop, um, which I, was, I didn't actually realise at the time, but uh, then it happened. And, you know, it, sometimes it can work in your benefit to do it in the race. So then you know exactly where you're going to finish. And then other times, I guess for a Mercedes, you'd rather maybe not be stuck in the midfield, although he wasn't, he wasn't exactly held up for too long. Uh, I don't know. It, it's difficult to say, really, because I, his, Lewis's pace was nowhere even yeah. after the pit stop. And I know he was complaining about tyre conservation and things like that. But when I looked at other people that were on similar amounts of degradation in terms of how long they've been on the hard tyre, it wasn't like Lewis was on an extreme strategy like Lando, for example. No, I think they probably it probably wasn't the perfect strategy, but I guess that's what happens when he started on the wrong tyre because yeah. of what happened in qualifying. Um yeah, he was not happy about it, was he? Came over the radio like, I don't want any more updates. It's, it was kind of Hamilton's biggest flaw, or or you could argue it's also a strength because he hates losing, and that's probably yeah. why he's won 90 races and got 96 pole positions. But you can tell how much he hates losing, and he seemed to just not not give up, but he very much kind of settled for that position and was just not happy about it, asked his team to stop. Uh, even stop on the radio, didn't he? Is that, I don't want any more updates. Absolutely, and I can't, I can't um, think of the last time Lewis Hamilton didn't convert a pole position, and that's probably why he has so many poles and then so many wins. Um, we can't. I, well, I mean, I genuinely cannot think of one where Bottas started behind uh, and won the race. Maybe it was Russia a few years ago. I'm not sure, but um, but either way, uh, yeah, he was stuck, wasn't he? As soon as he messed up in qualifying, you know, obviously the red flag wasn't ideal, but he had that lap time deleted, which was a mistake. It forced him into the soft hard strategy, and the softs just doesn't have don't have doesn't have the longevity of the medium tires, so you could go longer into the race. You saw Valtteri, I think, uh, stay out to almost lap thirty, and Mercedes was saying, "Yeah, we're going to keep you out for as long as possible." Um, but I am intrigued 
as to why Lewis did pit because his, his pace wasn't bad. He was still out in front and wasn't exactly, didn't have Valtteri all over the back of him. But no, either way, I think he was probably destined for third no matter what. Yeah, it was. It would have been interesting, and people will probably disagree with me here, that if Lewis hadn't got the penalty, it might have even been more interesting because he may have still finished third, but we'd have at least seen a different strategy and see how that would have panned out for him yeah, without absolutely. having to wait 10 seconds in the pit lane because it would have at least given us some kind of thing to focus on at the front where not a lot of the action was in that race, if at all, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, very true. Uh, David J. Hooks, is the fact that Hamilton's penalty points being removed, the FIA admitting that they were wrong? Uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's not the fact that they thought they were wrong, uh, that the FIA are wrong. It's the fact that it wasn't a Lewis Hamilton conscious decision. I'm sure Mercedes would have t- uh, get, you know, sent the team radio evidence over to say that Mercedes gave the instruction to Lewis Hamilton to, that he is allowed to do that. And hence it was changed from penalty points to a €25,000 team fine, which is much less damaging uh, in the long run. Um, I still wonder if there was a few interesting conversations behind closed doors about how they can stop this uh, clear penalty point accruation. I don't know if that's a word or not, but him accruing a lot of a lot of, uh, of penalty points because, you know, he was two away, which would have been one incident, an Alex Albon incident at any point over the <laughs> rest of the season. He would have had a race ban, a six-time world champion. Yeah, I know that would have been amazing for the championship, but I think it's a little bit farcical, to be honest. Oh, absolutely. A, a world champion would be banned from a race for incidents like that where... They're not really nothing. I think race bans should be saved for someone doing something absolutely horrendous. Yeah. Yeah. Or even, you know, using your car as a weapon or doing something absolutely horrendous. Or, you know, you're doing that on multiple occasions where you're crashing into other cars. But the thing I don't understand about the reasoning that they went back on is, for me, this has created a bit of a mess now because Hamilton had penalty points for Monza where the team told him to come in when there was a red light. Okay. In the pits. So why why would that not be the team's fault? Why why has he got penalty points for that? And then you can start arguing, you know, that's the team and that's the driver. And then I think this uh, David's point as well is the fact that if they've admitted that it's the team fault, why are they penalising Hamilton in the race? If if they'd have decided that after the race, which I'm glad they didn't, because I think they probably had it in the back of their minds that if Hamilton beat Shumi's record and then it goes takes it off at the end it would look really ridiculous yes yeah but it is a really strange one i i don't really get i, f- I feel like it's they've sort of yeah. made a mess of it now it's a very good point tommy uh about the monza the pit lane because it's difficult because i guess the monza one could be judged as it's team and driver fault because the driver didn't see the massive x's saying yeah. do not come into the pits and the team obviously said come in as well. This this one, there isn't a, you can't start here. Yeah, there, that's true. And there's just Mercedes saying, look, you're allowed to do it there. So I think it is two different situations, and maybe that's what they've judged it upon, is that if it's the, t- the driver, if the driver could have done anything differently with the information in front of him, then they'll give him a penalty points. And I think, I think that's probably why there was a differentiation there. Mm. But is that, is that them then saying Hamilton shouldn't have got a f- two five-second penalties in the race? Or or do you think that it's still justified? Because if they've gone, yeah, it's the team's fault for making it a 
sort of you know saying that yeah and then the fact that hamilton hasn't really endangered anyone it's not affecting the race in absolutely any mm. way maybe you could argue should he have got those five second penalties in the That's, first place it's a very good point yeah it clearly needs to be reviewed because yeah if it's a team yeah that, that is very interesting because as you say there was no endangering and then you have like verstappen overtaking a racing point in the pits in qualifying and that wasn't even nothing was even done about that yeah, there's uh, so that, many little things that happen, isn't there, like that in a in a race that don't even happen. Like yeah. Leclerc not wearing his seatbelts for two laps. <laughs> yeah, what, what happened? nothing happened. <laughs> nothing with that. ever happened with that. And and Hamilton's getting, you know, this uh, I can already hear everyone going, Oh, British bias, but we're talking about Leclerc, so it's fine. We love him too. And oh, it's we're fine. fanboys of every driver. So oh, but the, in- so, yeah, the yeah. internet's already said that I'm a Hamilton hater, Hamilton lover. Verstappen yeah. hater, Verstappen lover, Leclerc lover, Leclerc. We're well, not even hater, yeah. but yeah. But it's so true. It, it what what did that really do to affect the race? And I think Hamilton's comments afterwards, where he said the stewards are after. Did he say they're after trying me to create more exciting races? Yeah, yeah. I, that's a, not a good thing to say, and I don't believe that is the case. But with with incidents like that, it is very odd, isn't it? That he'd get a penalty because it it doesn't really seem like that much. I know we were all cheering about it because we wanted to see someone else yeah, win yeah, a race. Yeah, exactly. We were happy, but at the same but time... If you look at it from a complete neutral mm. point of view, I mean, if if Max Verstappen was on pole and that had denied him a chance at victory, we'd all be saying, is the penalty fair? Yeah, it's the most ridiculous thing ever, et cetera, et cetera. So, yeah, I think it just needs to be reviewed. Clearly, there's there's a mismatch here in what should be awarded and, and how it's done, and maybe that was... I mean, I don't understand why there was such a delay in giving the penalty in the first place, because I said it in IBR. Surely there is in the rule book, blah, 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 get, gets X, Y, Z. Like, if someone does this, they get this penalty. I don't know why it took so long for them to decide what that was. And it just feels like it's a case-by-case basis, which isn't the way it should be. Um, so, I don't know. Uh, especially for things like that, where it's quite clear what's happened. And I agree. Five-second penalties for something that didn't do anything? Um, I mean, is that there so that p- drivers don't get an advantage? Because Hamilton was able to do more practice starts than anybody else. Maybe yeah. that's the reason there's a five-second penalty, because it is a competitive advantage, the fact that he's able to do it more times and do it in a different area. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, food for thought. Uh, one carpet man. Why does Bottas act like a Don when he gets gifted a W? Ah, <laughs> oh, dear. We're on to it already, are we? Okay. Um, I don't know why he acted like such a Don. I found it funny. Um, and Tommy was very vocal on social media that we're going to have a juicy podcast and we're going to disagree or something. But um, the reason why I tweeted saying that, you know, I love Bottas uh, is that <laughs> not because I was like, ah, oh, you know, Voucher has taken it to to Lewis but one I quite liked the fact that he was quite happy and that he'd won the race and, and genuinely he had deserved the race with the pace that he had uh, he'd shown and two just like that's his feeble attempt at being like you know guys I'm back I've had nine race wins in three seasons with is it three seasons with Mercedes now yeah yeah I've had nine wins in three seasons um and, and I just I found it more funny in the and the fact that he's four, quite sassy. four seasons actually yeah four, four seasons, seasons with three Mercedes. and a half now yeah yeah. Um, yeah. So it was, it was sassy from Bottas. It wasn't. It's not a Rosberg. Like I just found it funny that he he, he thinks that this might get to people when, in reality, we all know that Bottas will turn up at Nurburgring and probably be half a second off Hamilton. Yeah. Exactly. 
he, he qualified obviously third nowhere way off Hamilton's pace and then like you say got gifted a win because of Hamilton's penalty and strange circumstances with the with the tires and it, it is odd I guess the thing that I'm not going to take it away from Bottas because he did everything he needed to do to win the race it is just such a strange radio message for him to be given it large when he's essentially just he's not past Hamilton on track that's the kind of radio message when you dive up the inside of Hamilton into turn one and you're like yeah screw my haters I've beaten the the best driver in F1 wheel to wheel and you can all shut up now it It, it can be seen as a fortunate win for that it's not the time for that radio message but I guess you could take it in the way you have where it's just kind of funny and we did say that Bottas needs to maybe do some mind games or something so maybe he just needs to sort of shithouse Hamilton a bit by uh being a bit of a an idiot by say, saying like hey I'm winning uh, and yeah. sort of like rubbing it in I just don't think he has it in him Valtteri to really stir the pot with Lewis I don't think he knows no. how to um and again like his hate like he's not addressing Lewis in that team radio he's addressing the media so it's he did still, actually it's not... did you see the Instagram comment that he actually replied to oh someone? yeah and he said that I'm never giving up and things like that didn't he yeah so so it clearly does get to him and I guess you know to be fair to him it's an outpour of emotion from a driver mm-hmm. that you know, you're getting people people saying things about you and you're not good enough and you believe you are and then you get a win regardless of how you get the win it's an outpour of emotion to be like you know I'm getting a victory feeling really good about yourself yeah and yeah it's just an outpour of emotion isn't it so yeah and that's why I liked it because you know it was Bottas having a bit more confidence in himself after to be fair to him he has been pretty good this season I, I know that He's just been very unlucky in some qualifying sessions. And people go, well, why doesn't he just drive faster? Why doesn't he just put in a better lap? But when you actually look at qualifying, he has missed out by a, a, a hair. And if, those, if, he, he, if he starts on pole, there's, obviously he's going to have a much better chance of taking it to Hamilton. So I do feel a little bit for Valtteri in, in the sense that it hasn't, he hasn't had the rub of the green. But this is something that now he can take with him and be like, right, OK, I have had some good luck, good fortune, whatever you want to call it. Um, and he has no excuse now when we go to Nürburgring to not take it to Lewis again. Yeah, he needs to, doesn't he? He needs to get another win on the yeah. track and then start get, and then it starts getting in Hamilton. He head. needs to actually mount a championship challenge. We've never seen this from Valtteri. He's never actually mounted a challenge into the second half of the season. It's always been Hamilton wrapped up, isn't it? Yeah, but then is he there? Is he? He's not there to win the title. That's the argument of... Well, he is, but the team around him is. He is, but the isn't. team aren't. Yeah. We've even had races where they've told him to move out the way for Hamilton. But, but that's the same with Rosberg. I think that's the same that it was with, like, with Rosberg. I don't think Mercedes really wanted Nico to win the, the title. And yet, mm, he managed yeah. to. So... Yeah. I mean, the, yeah, the team aren't going to be disappointed. It's not Bottas like the opportunity the isn't there. He's not being given a, a second... Like, he's not giving a car that's slower than Hamilton's or anything yeah, like that. Exactly. He has a, an opportunity, and that's it. Anyway, you, let's go to your three-word race for you, Tommy. Mine is turn two stupidity. Yeah. Uh, now, I know Carlos was at fault for this. It wasn't his best moment, to say the least. Mm-hmm. But turn two is literally the worst corner ever to exist in motorsport. Tell I, me I, why. Because it's a what I don't understand. It's a purpose-built track, so there's you know you're not you're not going around any particular sections. It's purpose-built to make good racing, and they've decided that it would be a good idea to have 
a corner where you kind of cut back on yourselves and then it opens and it, it then it tightens on the apex i don't think i've ever seen a race there in any series f2 f3 f1 where every car's got through that first turn fine and then the fact that it basically encourages you to run wide and cut across the corner that they have to make a silly rule where you have to go around this ballard then put the ballard in a stupid place i just think it's absolutely ridiculous and i noticed some drivers are now calling out that turn and sochi's bad enough as it is but that that turn for me is just clumsy and i don't know what herman tilker's thinking when he designed that turn yeah it's it's not a corner that you can really compare it to any other on the calendar, really, can you? In terms of the build-up to it, a really long straight, and then it's just really fiddly. And mm. yeah, it's it's it is an odd one. And they they added a more bollards, didn't they? They added a, a left side of the bollard so that the drivers couldn't swing out to the left and then basically full throttle. They had to go in between two bollards, uh, and that's obviously what what caught out um, Carlos Sainz and also Roman Grosjean. Uh, at DF578EDACFF74F7 says, do you think <laughs> that Carlos's crash was his own fault or is the track awful? I mean, the tra- that, that part of the track is awful. Granted, turn two is, is stupid, especially with the way that they put those bollards up, not thinking that... I, I, th- I thought it was stupid that people would get a five-second penalty immediately for running over the curb like that, even if it's just, just by an, a fraction. If you go over that like Grosjean did, like, well, Carlos didn't. Well, Carlos was still on the inside, wasn't he? He, he kind of just got out of it, especially turn one. But then he felt forced to have to go round the bollards and there just wasn't enough room. Yeah, Ricardo is a great example of that. It's like a clumsy move where his teammate was letting yeah. him through and it's a stupid turn anyway. And he's run a little bit wide. It makes no difference to the race, but the rules are rules and they have to give him a five-second penalty. The, the science incident I saw coming a mile off and it's even my it was even my prediction spoiler that the the turn's stupid and it's going to happen but i think it was f2 last year where or, or maybe the year before where this happened as well where you you tell a driver okay the quickest way through you have to if you avoid this turn you have to go through the chicane. Now, Formula One drivers are always going to go through that chicane as fast as they possibly can with no regards to safety or anything like that. All they want to do is get through it as fast as possible and try and gain positions. So it was so obvious that someone was going to hit that wall, especially on lap one. And what's even more dangerous is that the way that circuit is designed, that Carlos Sainz or who anyone hits the wall, and I think there was a really bad crash in F2 with this, you hit the wall and then you dart back onto the track where all the cars are coming from turn one, uh, from the start, and you're just asking to be T-boned. And the the track, like, genuinely worries me that something really bad's going to happen one day because I just don't think it's suitable for F1, which is mad because it's a purpose-built Formula 1 track and it just seems to be the most stupidly designed first turn ever because at least if that was that turn was maybe later in the track... You, you're gonna you're gonna have you've you know you mentioned about the field spread didn't you? yeah yeah you're gonna you're gonna have the field spread and you you mentioned is there any circuits I think it it's Mexico where there's quite a clumsy uh, like few ninety degree turns but it's not the first corner yeah I think the problem is it's the first heavy braking zone and I like I said before I don't think I've ever seen a race where everyone's got through because you can't get two cars wide it's just stupid agreed. Um, 
Uh, Lucas9166, will Sochi circuit officials look into redrawing turn two to aid and prevent driver runoff? Well, I hope so. That's what that's the uh, theme of what myself and Tommy have been speaking about just now. I think they have to look at redesigning it. The, the whole circuit just needs redesigning. It's so uninspiring. And yet it's, a, as you say, a purpose-built track for Formula One cars. Just get rid of some of these 90-degree ridiculous corners where it's just completely single file and you're never going to get any overtaken ever. Just have a maybe some more chicanes, some longer straights. If you look at the track map, you could just get rid of that weird middle sector section and just have a faster-flowing track. I don't know. I mean, I'm not a circuit designer, but it there is so much that they could do with Sochi, and yet they just don't do it. Like It's, it's crazy. It is mad because Tilka gets a lot of stick and he has designed some really good circuits. Like Kota. Um, yeah, Kota's yeah, great. Um, Malaysia was amazing. Turkey's really good as well. But this circuit is just absolutely dreadful. And I was thinking this as well, that it the, the circuit really does invite you to bail through that runoff. And I saw some people say, and I have to agree, even as the Verstappen fanboy that I am, that Verstappen has basically just gone, I'm going to lose a place to the Renaults because I've run slightly deep. I can just cane it through that chicane as fast as I possibly can and keep my position. And the only way you're going to stop that is with gravel, but then it's a purpose-built street circuit, so you can't put gravel there. So yeah. I, I, there's nothing they can do. And I noticed that Science, unsurprisingly, came out and said, yes, it's my fault, but the circuit's stupid. And I noticed there's now comments from a few other drivers. I saw one from George Russell today as well saying, turn two needs to be redesigned. It is absolutely woeful. And it's just dangerous, stupid, can't get the cars around. Yeah. It's just, it just doesn't work. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I don't think anybody's going to be coming to the defence of turn two <laughs> at any no. time soon. Uh, Chloe PX, why didn't some of the drivers get penalties for not going through the runoff area after going off around turn two on lap one, but later in the race, Dan did? I suppose lap one is... Was there... I, I can't remember exactly who cut the chicane and didn't go round the, the bollards, but... I, I, maybe lap one is the only time where there's a bit more leniency. Yeah, I was watching it. I think it's one of those things where it's impossible to police and then obviously there's the virtual safety car anyway. All I can think of from the top of my head is Lando went over it incorrectly, didn't go round, but he obviously slowed down so much that he was last anyway. So he's not. no one's yeah. gaining an advantage that way. It, but then you again, can say that Danny Rick, like he didn't go over it quickly by no, any stretch of the imagination. He didn't make any time up. Yeah, it was clumsy. It was it was a miscommunication with Ocon that he didn't know if he was going to let him through or not, and he just locked up and messed it up. So, yeah, it's 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 odd. I, d- I, I feel don't... Like, I feel like for that corner, I don't know why they did a slam dunk penalty every time. Like, have warnings. If if some if, if a driver does it two times, then they have one last chance and they get a penalty. I don't understand why it was a case of you have to go through this particular section. Otherwise, you get a five-second penalty. We've had it before where drivers would be, you know, monitored and, you know, it'd be noted if a driver was extending at Austria or whatever around the yeah. penultimate corner. I don't understand why it was it was different this time around, uh, especially what... with the, the curbs there. Now, I don't think yeah. any drivers were really gaining anything from running onto those those orange exit curbs. Yeah, because you're bouncing over them. And the while it was a hilarious moment, sort of laugh that Roman Grosjean managed to plough through the uh the the bollards he's got so much momentum and he's gone wide it's almost 
it's almost him showing how farcical the situation is that he's run wide gone uh, the momentum's taken him further forward and now he's completely the wrong angle to make that chicane but the rules say he's going to get a five second penalty so he just goes through it anyway and he literally can't do it and smashes into the the he didn't get a penalty for that did he no, because he no. tried to make it, but it just shows it. That for me was basically That's just ridiculous. him just showing how stupid that that bollard he system is. He smashes into the barriers, potentially causes more of a hazard if one of those bollards—it's not barriers, sorry—bollards flies off into the racing line, doesn't get a penalty. Ricardo, but, yeah, doesn't do that. Goes over it slowly, gets a penalty. I, I, it's a bit stupid for me personally. It just adds even more anger. Uh, towards this turn too fast that it, that is uh, Russia. But either way, we move on. Uh, at Sahidi177, is this the best we can get out of the Russian Grand Prix or can there be improvements? I think we've mentioned it, haven't we, Tommy? It's just change the track layout, get rid of these 90-degree corners where drivers can't follow through. Even the last sector is just horribly fiddly and like, the off-camber left-right before the final two corners. It just looks horrible. I've driven it in the Formula One games and it is just, I mean, I can only imagine what it's like in real life, but it's just just no fun at all. No, it's uninspiring. And to be fair, that race for me, I didn't think it was the worst race of the season by a long stretch. There was mm. a lot of overtakes, lots of passing, dramatic moments, but there's just something about Sochi is so uninspiring with the layout that it just feels dull even when a race is actually got quite a decent amount of action. And that track like you say i don't understand why herman tilke if you've got a blank slate surely the whole point you can understand old tracks changing because they're not suited to modern formula one cars anymore but these tracks are meant to be literally built for modern formula one cars to have entertaining races and be good and this is just not (laughs) i can't wait to to compare maybe to imola that's definitely not built for modern f1 cars and we might have an absolute bang around there i'd just love to see it and then uh then we'll question exactly what is a purpose-built F1 circuit. Mm. Um, right, let's talk uh, about another incident that happened in the race. Leclerc turn... Was it Leclerc turn one? It wasn't. I don't one. know why I wrote... I, I, that was meant to be... Like, are you trying one. to do a Ron Burgundy here? You just put Leclerc turn one as the title. It's not turn I've got, one. I've got to get one. Lap one, I think you mean. Leclerc yeah, lap, lap one, one turn five. Uh, the right-hander where uh, he obviously crashed into Sergio Perez. Uh, sorry, sorry, Lance Stroll, even, his teammate. Um, George underscore Tucker four should Charles have been given a penalty for causing Stroll to spin? Why or why not? I am very surprised that he didn't get a penalty for that. It was a race ending incident. He wasn't out of control going into that right hander. So that's probably what the stewards have taken into account. But at the same time, the end result has been Lance Stroll minding his own business on the outside of that, you know, on the exit of, of that corner. I, I, I'm surprised it wasn't at least a five-second penalty, to be honest. Yeah, agreed. It's it's strange, isn't it? They are they are more lenient on lap one because you're going side by side and you're battling. But I don't really get where that changes. Like it was definitely Leclerc's fault. It wasn't malicious. He is obviously not meaning to do to take someone out the race, but it is a clumsy moment that you probably would say that Leclerc's more to blame for. Especially when it's and a race-ending incident, I exactly. know we shouldn't take someone... it case by case, but exactly in the, taken someone in these out of the race, it should. And then you look at Hamilton. Obviously, this is not on the first lap, but Hamilton's incident with Albon uh, in Austria, which I know a lot of people are comparing online, and I guess the argument is that it's lap one, but it's still a very similar incident where 
you're kind of running someone out wide and you're taking someone out the race and that's why you're getting a penalty so yeah very very odd yeah very strange indeed so i think we're uh unanimous unanimously agreed that that should have been a penalty for leclerc very lucky that he didn't but uh still drove a very good race didn't he uh, yeah, up in yeah P- very good p6 vettel absolutely nowhere this weekend once again um pain painful to see obviously that yeah. mistake in qualifying that he had which was a very narrow miss with uh with leclerc oh, that um, would have been peak ferrari in 2020 if leclerc had just gone plowing into him wouldn't it yeah, it would have. Um, and obviously the sad pictures of Sebastian Vettel picking up the pieces of his own car and potentially career as well, mm. which is uh, quite sad to think about as a maybe a little um, narrative from, from that particular incident. Uh, another another thing that happened was Sergio Perez. I don't know why I called it a thing that happened, but just Perez, <laughs> a great drive, P4. Um, didn't have the updates that Lance Stroll had but still hasn't announced any seats. I think he mentioned in interviews this weekend, didn't he, that he's... Was it was it a week or something? He Did he give a time frame? I can't exactly remember what he said now, but he was talking about it, wasn't he, about potentially oh, yeah, he's trying to the move sort, next year? And, yeah, he's trying to sort it out as soon as possible once once his sort of future decided very quickly. Did, I Sorry, go on. Sorry, did you see his Instagram comment on George Russell's picture? So no. George George Russell was posting a lot about his PowerPoint presentations over the weekend. And uh, George Russell, yeah, put, put up this photo of him doing a PowerPoint presentation and talking about how he's getting a drive and stuff. And Perez commented on his Instagram of George Russell and said, can you make me one? <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. So Lo- good. I love that. Yeah, love that from too. Sergio. But he, generally, his 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 temperament, has been well off for Sergio Perez. It's been angry. It's been almost... You can see the disappointment that, that this has happened. Yeah. And it's not the Sergio that we're used to. We're, 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 we're used to a happy-go-lucky kind of, you know, he's very light and, you know, he's, he's quite a, an easy person to, to read when he's in a good mood and a bad mood. We haven't seen many times where he's been on that side of... where it genuinely... Can, you can just see the, the relationship souring between Racing Point and... And Perez, and it's a shame because he was the the wonder kid. Well, not wonder kid; he wasn't that young, but he was the the wonder driver for Racing Point and Force India, as they were known for all of these podiums. And it's it's sad saved to see the that team. saved the team as well from going into yeah. administration. So it's so true. Uh, yeah, it was it was interesting, wasn't it? You're right that the at the Magello race, he was sort of it, maybe maybe he was biting his tongue a little bit at the news, um, but in this weekend it very much felt like he was just out there and letting everyone know that he really does feel betrayed by racing point which is fair enough absolutely yeah. fair enough if if from what he said as well that he found out the news yeah it's not good the, is it? the same day or, or whatever it was but it, it's such a shame um and for me sergio has got to be aiming for a red bull seat or mm. or nothing really i think because him going to Haas is going to be a backward step in his career. Does he really want to go to a, a pretty much a backmarker team? Um, IndyCar's obviously calling potentially as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you're, you're right. I think, well, we've got a question someone saying about Perez to Red Bull. A lot yeah, of Jack Ralston actually. says, is Perez to Red Bull next season becoming more likely? I think it's definitely a, a possibility, especially with Albon. Obviously, he had a, he had a podium in Mugello, but 
overall, he's having a, a very similar to Gasly season. And I, I do feel bad all the time for just constantly going on about Albon's performances, but we did the same with Gasly. And I only feel fair to, to do exactly what we, how much we criticise Gasly. We have to criticise Albon. He finished a minute and a half behind Verstappen in this race. Yes, he had a grid drop. But that, that was probably Red Bull going, look, well, we may as well take the change anyway. It might be a bit dodgy. Let's just get a fresh one because and then start 15th. Uh, I didn't look into the actual technicalities of it, Tommy. I don't know if you saw as to whether or not they were forced into that change. But um, it, it, was, it, was a se- it was a qualifying session that was written off anyway by qualifying P10, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, he was, he was 1.1 seconds off Verstappen in, in qualifying, which is a huge chunk. But yeah, you're right. I don't. We don't want this podcast to just have a regular section of is Albon good enough? Because and to be fair, we do get that question every single time. Like yeah. every single time we ask for questions, it's always like genuinely about twenty percent are is Albon good enough for Red Bull? And it could just be the most repetitive podcast in the world if we did it every single time. But I do think that we probably are likely that we could see a driver change now at Red Bull next season. I, and, I think so. And if, if so. it and if it's not Gasly, then Perez would be a, a great shout. It's just whether Red Bull would sort of be betraying their own values by doing that and going with someone or they genuinely say, look, we we want to win a title with the staff yeah. and a constructors title. We need to we need to be ready for twenty twenty two to actually be in a position to win a constructor's title if we have the car. Because if they keep um, someone that's not delivering, and even if the car gets better, they'll have wasted their chance. Like, imagine if we get to 2022 and Albon doesn't cut the mustard or Gasly doesn't cut the mustard and they've got a really good car and Verstappen's challenging and they could legitimately win the constructor's title and don't. They'd have been ruining them not having a driver in there that needs to do that so yeah interesting times indeed I think a Perez or a Hulkenberg put him put them in with Verstappen at Red Bull you're guaranteed to get results in my opinion or at least better results than what Albon is currently producing I think Alex could be in big trouble next year personally I don't think Red Bull will keep him and I don't think there will be a spot at Alpha Tauri either because you've got the likes of Sonoda doing pretty well in Formula 2. Um, you've got definitely other options. I don't know. I, 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 I'm concerned that Albon could have an Ocon situation where there is no seat for him. That's a that's a bold thing. I was thinking that because, yeah, Sonoda's doing really well in F2. But even if that's the thing, I feel like if they promoted someone like Perez and Hulkenberg, it's even more bad news because if they promote Gasly... Albon at least probably will just get to yeah, switch back. Yeah, be a swap. But, but I don't yeah. think they'll do the swap again. It's too embarrassing. Yes, it's weird. How, how many it's... times can they do that and be like, oh, no, you can have a go. Oh, no, you can have a go. And what if what if they swap again and then Gazley's rubbish again? Like, it's, yeah, it, and Albon's really good. And then Albon's amazing in the Alpha Tauri. Yeah. It would just be a joke, wouldn't it? Oh, yeah, because I think God. the more swaps they do, the more it highlights that something's wrong with the Red Bull second yeah car or whatever but either way that's just predictions it's probably not going to come true but this is what you tune in for us to talk rubbish and give bold predictions right tommy play the tune now it's time for here we are the navy cdf one time let's get straight into it with a lewis hamilton grade sensational pole position 
Yeah. It was a fantastic lap. Um, well, we're, right. we're going to have to put some blame on him doing the, the starts. Yeah. Yeah. You'd think as a driver, you'd know was... that you don't really, no one else has ever done it there. So why you do that, I guess. But also, when we're looking at qualifying very quickly, I know we don't put all of our emphasis on that, but he also made those mistakes in Q2, which forced him onto a strategy that was not ideal. That's true. So that needs to be in- included because that was one of the reasons why his pace wasn't that great in the race because he had to extend the hards. So I'm thinking a solid C. C. Yeah, yeah I do. I think he's uh, the fact that he seemed to just lack a little bit of oomph in the race as well really, really lets him down that it wasn't one of those drives where you see Hamilton, you know, when there's controversy and he thrives and he, he kind of everything's going against him and he battles against it it was just one of those races where it did feel like you just had nothing uh, yeah, I, I agree. it was a very so. un-Lewis Hamilton race wasn't it yeah uh, cool. let's move to Valtteri Bottas poor qualifying <laughs> God. this is like yeah this is a really difficult one because you kind of want to give him an A because he won the race I think he race. deserves an A yeah he was six he got tenths a good off start. Hamilton he got in... past Verstappen albeit the left side, uh, whatever side that second yeah. and fourth, etc. You, you would have overtaken Hamilton as well if it wasn't for the bee that hit his helmet, of course. <laughs> but no, his pace in the race was was fantastic. He did everything he needed to do in qualifying in terms of making sure he started on the mediums. I don't think we can give him anything less than an A. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Okay, A for Bottas. Uh, Charles Leclerc, I want to give an A star. Yeah, I would not, <laughs> I would not deny that. I guess. The only thing I'd mark him down on is the scroll uh, the thing. contact, yeah. No, it's Might just be an drop a him then. down to an A. But yeah, I mean, how on earth he's finished sure. sixth in that Ferrari is unbelievable. Yeah, I it's... think without taking Stroll out of the race, yeah, definitely an A star. So A, A for Leclerc. Yeah. Vettel. E. Oh, awful. Crashed in really qualifying, bad. dreadful red race pace. Yeah, I mean, I can't argue with that. It's I don't even think a, a D is. A D or an E. Um, maybe a D. E. I uh, yeah, I don't know. I feel like what did he what did he do in the race? I finished behind like Giovinazzi and stuff, so it's not great, is it? Are you cut, especially when yeah. Leclerc's finishing sixth. Yeah, and you're a four time world champion at the end of the day, even if you've yeah. given up and you're ready just to move to Aston Martin. Yeah, okay. It's 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 a harsh E. I think it's an E plus, but we don't give yeah. pluses. Um Verstappen. A star. Ooh. Uh I was going to say A, but I guess there's not much more he could do. Um, I mean, 1.1 seconds quicker than his teammate in qualifying. Yeah. He uh, trounced Alban. He finished eight seconds off the lead Yeah, in a Red Hamilton. Bull, which was very clearly not on the pace through Friday and Saturday. Yeah. I thought the they Red were Bull... even going to get a podium by yeah, the look at that same. pace. Absolutely same. So I, I, I genuinely think Max outperformed that, that car ridiculous amounts uh, this time round. Well, you're, More than the, you're the one saying A-star, not me, so you can't yeah, deny I'm not me a, a fanboyism. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, think he, I genuinely think he deserves an A-star. Uh, he's yeah. never going to win that race. Yeah, he did fair. everything he possibly could. Um, okay, Albon. Oh, my word. E... E, yeah. At least, yeah. We don't need to go into him again. We'll just say no, we've, E. We've said what, what we need to. We do. Uh, Carlos Sainz. Oh, I think he's got to be a a D or an E as well yeah, because it's a I big think... mistake. I know we're we're bantering at how bad the track is, but 
it is quite a it, well it's a you massive work with what you're it's a up, massive so. error for a qualifying performance that was really good i think d yeah yeah he was caught out i think he's, he's a bit harsh yeah norris very quiet weekend for lando battling for last at one point made the hard tires work incredibly well after pitting on lap 1 under the the safety car um i think it's a c yeah nothing it, it was a valiant special, effort but just solid it was a like, valiant effort. The McLaren, it, it's almost in D territory, just purely because of where he finished and yeah, didn't, got out qualified by signs as he made well. A, he did a two stop, didn't he? So he did. Yeah, he was forced into it after he locked up his hards. Uh, did you do a two stop? Yeah, d- yes. yeah, did yeah. He stop. stopped on lap one and then he stopped um, lap forty eight or whatever. I think we'll give him the benefit of the doubt as well that his McLaren was damaged, maybe at some. point to a point i think he ran over a lot of debris and it was not oh yeah he had a problem wounded. with the steering as yeah, well he yeah. had uh heavy and then light steering so i think we'll give c- him i a think a c is fair okay yeah. we'll give him a c uh daniel ricardo a Ooh, yeah it's pushing an a would be an a star potentially actually no it wasn't because he got mugged at the start a little bit made his race quite difficult P5 yeah five on the grid i, th- I think mm. a yeah, ju- I think he's scraping an A because, uh, yeah, Ocon got ahead of him. It wasn't an ideal start, and I think he would have... But then he proper knuckled down after the penalty. Like, yeah. He was he was quick. He, so. is, he is doing so well like in that, in that Renault. It's great moment. to see because we were questioning Ricardo at Renault at one point, weren't we, and, and his performances, yeah. especially against Hulkenberg. Um, but now, mm. yeah. doing pretty well. Okay, so we'll give him an A. Ocon. I think he he had a better weekend. He tailed off towards the end of the race, but he got stuck in. He overtook his teammate. He didn't let him through apart from when he was forced to. Uh, I think it's a B. B. I think it's a B. Yeah, yeah. A, a lot more. You know, he he's been getting a lot of stick because he's not not on Danny Rick's level. But that's more where he needs to be. And yeah. Hopefully, the more he gets used to that car, he can be doing that every week, if not a bit better. R- Renault had some big blunders though obviously you had the ricardo penalty and then you had ocon letting through uh well the 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 letting through uh, of ricardo then meant he got jumped by leclerc because he so obviously let him through into turn two leclerc only just came out the pits yeah i thought yeah i was thinking that when i saw it that what i wonder we didn't get to hear it but i wonder if that was a late call It, it i don't know it's hard to know if it was a really late call like daniel's coming through basically stop or if it's a misjudgment from Ocon that's basically nah, done that's that's him state, making a statement he made that so obvious that and R- Ricardo wasn't even close he was probably a second second and a half back yeah like, that's it, the time if anything be it, back. If, yeah if anything it screwed him because like he he couldn't go into that corner the way he wanted to so yeah, yeah and that was odd. the time lost so Shame for Ocon, but maybe that was a little bit his fault because of the way you tried to... Maybe it was a statement that he wanted everyone to know that there was a team order. But either way, which is strange as well. A big question mark over that when uh, Renault have Ocon next year and they don't have mm. Ricardo. But either or, uh, Gasly. Uh, B. Was beaten by Kvyat. Kvyat had a great race. Yeah, Gasly, think... yeah, B or C, I think. I I think a B is fair. B, I, I don't think, think B, he yeah, was probably. It was, he he came bad. in, didn't he? Really late when the VSC came out, trying to gamble on a fresh set of mediums, but the VSC stopped. Or well, we resume racing as he came into the pits. So <laughs> I mean, after Monza, he's going to gamble every oh, single day of the yeah, week. <laughs> yeah. So okay, a B for Gasly uh, and Kvyat. I think deserves an A. Had a great race. Yeah, he was. Um, um, did, did he bang it up in P three in Q one or something at one point? 
I'm sure he was really, really high up I mean, in Q1. It's quite an irrelevant stat there, Tommy. No, this. just just that I just remember oh, P3 thinking... Oh, P3 in Q1, A-star. Yeah, I mean, we're not, yeah, not, not that bad. But um, yeah, I think an A is fair. Kvyat's yeah, I mean, been... he, he had a great stint on the hard tyres, said that towards the end of the hard tyre stint, his pace was really good, then came out on the mediums and was really quick and just about uh, lost out to Ocon at the end, uh, right behind him. So I think it's a great race from Kvyat. Yeah especially after being trounced by Gasly quite a few times uh, in recent times. So Aif Kvyat, uh, Perez, I think yeah, it's an A-star. A-star, 100%. Great qualifying, P4, finish P4. Three, what more could you three ask? Three tenths quicker in qualifying than Stroll with no updates. Yeah, and the yeah, perfect sure. race. That was such a Perez race. The only way that could have been more Perez is if he'd somehow got a podium. Where yeah, he's yeah. just, when, when there's chaos, Perez is the one that just seems to benefit the most and just... Have a great race. Oh, not in recent times. Not in recent times at all. It's been Stroll was that was the one in Monza yeah, to, to, yeah, to capitalise on on the crazy races. But usually in the past, yeah, Perez yeah, has yeah. been the one, and it was more Perez like than we've seen recently. And yeah. Stroll has been the better racing point driver this year. It has to be said, uh, and it's and it shows that in the point standings as well. Uh, Raikkonen, uh, sorry, Stroll even. Uh, so a star for Perez. Stroll. Well, I mean, he qualified thirteenth and got taken out. He made a good, a usual good start, but but his qualifying was so poor. Bad. Yeah, C, C, or... C yeah, because C. he made up quite a few positions yeah, at the okay, start. C, yeah, uh, Raikkonen, he did he did he get a point? No, he didn't. He was fourteenth. I think a C. Oh, oh Raikkonen was disappointing. Yeah. Oh yeah, Alpha C. were really bad. Uh, what do you say? C. Yeah. Um, he made a quali- Oh yeah, he made a qualifying error, didn't he? And he qualified last until D. The, yeah. Ooh. Uh he's 14th in an alpha. I think C is fair. Uh no, okay. maybe D. Yeah, let's go D for Raikkonen. Okay, D for Kimmy. Jovanazzi, he had a great move into oh. turn 2 around the outside of a Haas, can't remember which one it was. I kind of want to give him an A just because wow. When, uh, he's it's definitely a B. 11th. Yeah, that's a that's a great race. He was six cents quicker than Kimi in qualifying. That's a really oh, let's good give weekend. him an A then. Yeah, screw it. He's not going to probably get another A this season. So let's give yeah. him an A. It's a bit worrying, uh, isn't it? Because I, w- I do wonder if it's like too little, too late from Giovinazzi. But I hundred percent. I think that that is too late. I think uh, we we uh, we can sense who is coming into that Alfa Romeo seat from Formula Two. Yes, starts with M and ends in Umaka. Uh, yeah, Umaka, um, <laughs> which is very exciting. But we wait for that to be announced. Uh, Magnussen, Magnussen and, and Gro- well, Magnussen had that problem where he stalled on the grid, didn't he? But what a start! What a start! Up One to P nine. Yeah, from eighteenth on the grid to P nine. Well, he stalled. Did he not start at the back? Uh, oh, did he? Was I think he last? did because everyone had passed him, so he would have had to start dead last. Unbelievable, yeah! What what a start! What a start! Yeah, yeah. ridiculous. So, where did he finish, Magnuson? Twelfth, which for oh, a house is not. Uh, I want to give him a B plus, but we can't give him a B plus. Can't so give him pluses. Yeah, give him a B. Grosjean, where did he finish? Seventeenth. Oh, uh, yeah, not not great from Grosjean. Uh, D. D. Yeah, D. Yeah, that's fair. George Russell, he had a, a bit of a shocker, didn't he? Oh, what is it with George having amazing qualifyings and then there's like stark chaos and I was ready to see George Russell, you know, P, P5 or something. He was behind Latifi. Oh, like, oh, he's behind Latifi, why? <laughs> yeah, so uh, I don't know if, the, if it's the fact that we can praise Nicholas for a little bit for, for bringing it to George in the races because he stayed in front of George for 
the majority, if not all of it, right? Yeah. Did, did he beat Russell in the, in the end? Yeah, he did. He did. So I think it's. I think you're going to have to give a C for Russell and a B for Latifi. I wouldn't give a. I wouldn't give a B for Latifi. I'd give him a C still. He beat George. He That's was a, a big second, achievement for him. Second slower in qualifying, and I don't think you can just give him a B just because he beats George Russell. I think that's a huge achievement for him. Mm, it's a solid race, but I think I B's thought solid races meant B. No, C is an average race. I think C like is just all right. Well, we're good. Fine, we'll give C. him a C then. You're clearly very stubborn on this subject, I Tommy. Am. We'll give you a C. <laughs> I give you a C. Give the TV a C. <laughs> Uh, right, Russian Grand Prix predictions. Of course, last time out we had Ollie Webb on the show. He predicted no red flags, which is absolutely 100% true. And Russell points, which was no points. So he gets one point. Well done, Ollie. Congrats. Uh, I predicted Bottas wins. Ding, ding, ding. And Alba not in the top five. Ding, ding, ding. Two points for me. Tommy, your two. Instant into the stupid turn two and three, which was an obvious point. And unfortunately, Science Podium. <laughs> I love how si- the, st- the Science Podium thing was integrated with Incident into the Stupid Turn 2-3 because he's the one that caused that. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay, so one point for you, Tommy. Well done, but not as good as me. Ha-ha. Um, fans, Moe Jungo. Based on the fast, pa- the fast poo? The past few <laughs> GP, no retirements during the race. Well, that's definitely not true. And it was actually only two, but still no points. And underscore you, Ryan, both Ferraris in Q3. Well, that was that was wishful thinking, wasn't it? Mm. He almost got neither uh, with the, the crash of Vettel, although Leclerc would have technically gone through to Q3. Anyway, we move on to the Eiffel GP predictions. What Not name. Nürburgring. Why is it called the Eiffel GP? I don't Tom? know. Why is, I, I can only assume that there must be some kind of... Um, contract thing with Hockenheim being the German Grand Prix that they can't call it the German Grand Prix that's all I can fair enough fair enough Uh, so my two are a delayed start so I think the conditions are going to be ridiculous (laughs) in two weeks time Uh, it's pretty much a point I'm I'm thinking Uh, I think this could be a Canada where we get a big delay and Russell points I think finally we're going to see a chaos race chaotic race where George Russell actually takes advantage of what is in front of him, please, Tommy. Your two. <laughs> every every week, someone predicts Russell points. It will come true eventually. Uh, so mine will be there'll be a red flag during the race. So okay. we're we're all going for chaos here, and there'll be constant talk all weekend about how cold it is. So I'm, I'm oh, thinking. Co- oh, brilliant! Oh well, oh, let's let's give a point to Tommy now, shall no, we? But, uh, no, but no. What is that prediction? <laughs> Oh, you You've had just the flakiest... looked at the weather and gone, oh, it's 12 degrees in two no, weeks' time. No, you had the flakiest predictions before. I'm saying that, that we, we have to, it has to get to the point where it's annoying. And the, the, mm, okay. like every like, com- the commentary keeps saying it. Every driver interview, they're like, it's cold, isn't it? Like, I'm not just saying, I, I'm not saying it's cold. I'm saying that it gets so overused, like okay. it becomes All a right. dead meme. All right, well, uh, I can't wait to argue about whether or not you got a point I know. Uh, in two I, weeks' time. I'm just basically going for a half point there. <laughs> you really are, but I'm not giving it to you. Uh, fans, Mark underscore W1994, both Ferraris score points. Interesting. And Daniel, 200606. It won't happen as it will snow all weekend. I mean, you will get 10 points if that is correct, Daniel, because I don't think it's going to be that extreme. But either way, Imagine. that is it. Tommy, any final thoughts? Uh Round of applause to Frank, who's been sat by my feet completely silent for the whole podcast. 
Frank being Tommy's dog, not just a random homeless man. <laughs> a random guy around. asleep at my feet. <laughs> That's it. Thank you so much, everybody, for watching the WTF1 podcast or listening, of course, um, to this Russian Grand Prix. Let us know what you think. Make sure to give us five stars or a thumbs up or however you are consuming this content. If you want to get involved in any discussions moving forward, hashtag WTF1 is usually the one for races and hashtag WTF1 podcast. If you have anything specific you want to tell us, ask us, whatever, um, that's, that's the one you want to use on Twitter. So that is it. Thank you so much, everybody, for that. And we'll see you in two weeks' time for the Eiffel GP. Tommy, it's been a pleasure. It's been Waving a pleasure. at you right now, I think. Bye. Are you still side by side with me? I don't yeah, know. Frank's okay. looking at you as well. Bye, Frank. Bye, Tommy. Bye. And bye, everybody.